the staff a hand, please, Brother Larry and Ron and Aaron and Scott. They all stepped in this month and each one of us took a Sunday to try to get to right here so that we could talk about being equipped and what it is we're equipped for and what we're equipped with. And I'm going to borrow um, some text from the guys this morning, but I want to take you back. We were there last week in Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, the children of Israel are coming across the Jordan. And in chapter 4, verse 4, the scripture says, Joshua called together the 12 men. He had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. We're talking about story and being equipped and what it's all about and what it's for. J.K. Rowling said, the stories we love best live in us forever. The stories we love best live in us forever. And Margaret Atwood said, you're never going to kill storytelling because it's built in the human plan. And then Jay Akunso said, there's no hidden or corporate meaning behind the word story. We know what they are and we need to start telling them. God wanted the children of Israel to, to know the story and share the story. And he, he wanted to create a a form, an attachment that they could use to say, remember, remember this? Well, this should remind you of that. And because of that, you tell the story. And we all love stories. People attach, there's something about story when used correctly, it, it attaches us, it, it attaches us to great joy or great truth or great sorrow. But we all remember stories. I could probably ask you, to tell me the three greatest sermons you ever heard in your life. Tell me, tell me the three greatest sermons. You might not be able to tell me one. Or you might be able to tell me who preached it, but you couldn't tell me what they said. But if I said to you, tell me the three greatest stories you ever heard. Oh, you could tell me that, couldn't you? Why? Well, because we attach to stories. That's why God has always used stories to tell his story. And it's always been a part of his plan. Jesus told stories, right? It was, it was to get to the deeper truth. Stories help us get to the deeper truth. And we all like them. And I'm going to tell you a couple today. And you've probably heard both of them, but maybe from a different angle. So years ago when Emily was a little girl, Carla and I and Emily, we drove all the way to Canada for a vacation. It took us 30 hours just to get there. And we, we drove all over Canada, but the first place we went 
was in northern Saskatchewan to a, a lake so that I could fish. That was, that was my part. I took her to the biggest mall in the world. That was her part. But that was after. I got to fish first. But anyway, so we were staying in a cabin, and the cabin just had one big, huge bed. And so Carla and I and Emily were all in this one huge bed. And Emily said, Dad, I, I need help. Can, can you tell us a bedtime story to help me go to sleep? Okay, sure. I'll tell you the story of David and Goliath. Now, here's the absolute truth. You've known me very long. I literally can talk myself to sleep. That's how boring I really am. No. I, some of you would say, amen, right? You do that to me every Sunday. Um, but I, I can do it. I can do it. And so I started telling the story of David and Goliath. And then all of a sudden, I was awakened by laughter. And I kind of came out of my doldrums and Emily said, Dad, David and Goliath did not play volleyball. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And I remember, I'll never forget that story. It's, it's just part of who we are. And it reminds me of great joy and the fact that I can be terribly boring even to myself. But, but God wanted those stones to be made into an altar so that the people would remember the story of the crossing. And we all have favorite stories. We all have important stories. We all have favorite childhood stories and Bible stories and personal stories that, that drive home those truths to us. And they're attached to different things. When we see them or maybe when we catch a whiff of something, we, we remember, oh man, right? You remember those those stories. I'll tell you one more. When I was a teenager, uh, the church that Carl and I went to when we were just kids, the, the teenage boys took up the offering on Wednesday night. Well, I fell in love with Carla the first time I ever saw her. I mean, I just, I just fell in love with her. I thought, that's the one. That's the one. And when she saw me, she thought, that is not the one. She didn't, she, didn't, she didn't love me. She didn't even like me for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of reasons. But I tried to pursue her every way that I could. I tried to excel athletically, and that, that didn't work. It didn't impress her. And Hanny's in here. He could probably tell you it's probably because I'm not that great an athlete. But, but I was trying. I did everything that I could. And I tried musically. I tried singing into her heart. And I tried being kind of, didn't work. <clears throat> tried asking her out, turned me down flat. Even, couldn't even get to her through her cousin. I tried to get her cousin to ask her out for me. Didn't work. None of that worked. I couldn't get to her. I tried everything I could. And then one night we were taking up the offering. And she was sitting on the far outside uh, of the aisle, right on the end of the pew. And I made sure that I had the plate that was coming by that side of the room. And when I came by her and I handed her the plate, she touched my hand and she said, when you get done, come sit by me. And I didn't, whoo, but I wanted to really bad. And I hurried quickly 
right? And got done. Why? Because I was finally accepted. And I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea why. But that story, when I was thinking about this sermon, reminded me of this. See, we all have a story. And and we've, we've already talked about the fact that it's vitally important that we lock into that story. But it's, it's the story of how God pursued us. Because here's the truth. All of us resisted God. We all tried to find our pleasure and our joy and our love and our acceptance in other things. And constantly, God pursued us. Just like I pursued Carla. And he loved us so much that he fought across time and space to offer us his son. And his spirit tugged at our hearts. And his scripture wrote love songs to us. And his spirit drew us into his arms. And no matter how far we went or how fast we ran, we could not escape the love of the God who pursued us. He tirelessly chased us all our lives until we finally accepted his proposal. And when we accepted his proposal, the scripture says, all heaven exploded in celebration. That's that's the story. That's the story that we must never forget. That's the story that we must tell as often as we can to our children and our family and our friends. The story of the God who loves us and pursues us with all that he has and all that he is. And here's the thing. And this is just kind of an addendum to the sermon, but first time I heard somebody say this, I, I, didn't, I didn't buy in. I didn't understand, but I, but I get it now. We have a terminology that we use, and I've used it most of my life. Well, all of my life, I guess. I've heard it all my life. Somebody would say, hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to church. Listen, we don't need to say that anymore. Because you can't come to church. You are the church. You hear me? You can't come. I understand what you mean, but but what you really mean is we're, we're going to worship. We're coming to worship. But when we come together or when we're standing apart, we are the church. And the scripture tells us that God didn't call us to build altars, to build effigies to himself so that people would know, oh, there's God. No, no, no. We're being built up to let people know that there's a God. Look at, look at what um, he says in 1 Peter chapter 2. Look over, look over in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. I, I love this scripture. 
chapter 2, verse 4, Peter says, as you come to him, he's talking about Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He calls us together to be the church, living stones to remind each other when we see each other to tell the story. That's what we've got to remind each other to do. That's what we're equipped to do. We do not come to church. We are church and we are followers of Jesus and we are equipped with his story. And all of us came in different ways at different times. But each of us, when it all boils down to it, has the same story. We sought our pleasure. We sought our love. We sought our acceptance. We sought our joy in everything else. But God continued to pursue us. Look at the way Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse, verse 1. And Aaron, Aaron read this last week. Here's what, here's what Paul said. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you lived or you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us. Do you see that? All of us. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. You know, I just flat couldn't figure out why Carla didn't want to be with me. <laughs> I bet she could tell you if you ask. God has worked through His Spirit and His creation and His Word to try to provide from every angle a way to get to whosoever. Like Ryan talked about this morning, you, you, are, you are known by God. And as much as the enemy of our hearts and souls tempts us and pursues us to our downfall, the Savior of our souls has gone to every extreme to provide a bridge whereby you can cross over into an eternal relationship with Him and He has spared no expense even to the life of His own Son. And Paul said, like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath. 
But look at verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Listen, I know that Carla gets tired of me getting weepy-eyed every once in a while talking about her because she doesn't like me to pull her into what I'm doing. She does great on the sideline. But here's the absolute truth. I love my wife. And it, it thrills me to no end that she still loves me. And I don't mind telling you, I think it's fantastic. I hope you live in the same kind of bliss I live in. Now, get me wrong. It ain't blissful ignorance. But you understand what I'm saying? But the God that we serve, loves us intimately more deeply than anyone else ever will. And he will never leave you. He will not forsake you. What a God. What a story. Don't you think? since we've been captured by the greatest love imaginable, don't you think we should not, we cannot keep it to ourselves? That's the job. We are equipped to tell the story. Look at, look at Romans chapter 10. Paul puts it this way. Romans chapter 10, we'll start at verse 12. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And in lower Arkansas vernacular, what that means is, how will they know if we don't tell them? God has pursued us. His great love has won our hearts. He has built us into a living, breathing church family to be a constant reminder to each other and to the world of His love. And He has given us, along with the story a commission. Look at Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. 
We usually look at this commission out of Matthew, but for today we'll look at it from Mark because it's so succinct and straightforward. Mark chapter 16, 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. There it is. We've been given a story. We're equipped to tell and we're sent to tell everyone we can. So the question today is, who are you going to tell? Because we can, we can get excited about it. We can get thrilled about it. We can sing about it. I can shout about it. I can cry over it. But it won't mean one thing if the story stays in here. And the story has got to get to people who have not heard it. And you may be sitting there going, well, now, wait a minute. Who in Monticello, Arkansas has never heard the story of how God pursued us through his son, Jesus? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not any, but I'll bet you this. I'll bet there's a whole bunch of people in Monticello, Arkansas who never heard it from you. And that might make the difference. See, because that, that's, that's the conviction that's in my heart. Oh, I sit up here and spout it all day long. But there's all kinds of people that walk these streets. And all they know is, I preach up here. But I hadn't told them the story. And my job says all. Well, not just mine. That's ours. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe you're here this morning and God's pursuing your heart. He's knocking on your heart's door. That feeling in your stomach is conviction. Maybe you need to come and accept his proposal. Maybe you need to ask him, ask his son into your heart, accept his sacrifice for our sin. Maybe you need to come and be part of this church. Maybe you need to come for baptism or rededication or church. I don't know why you might need to come. Maybe you just need to come and pray. But for whatever reason, if you need to come, we're going to give you a minute to respond. And we're going to ask you to stand with us and sing. If you want to come, come. This altar is open. And so are his arms. Father, we thank you for the great story of your love for us and how you pursued us relentlessly. We are grateful. Help us to prove it by living it out and telling it to everyone who will listen. Give us the courage and the wisdom and the passion to follow you closely. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to come, now's the time.
trying to dance in the spirit. That's what. Hey, y'all can be seated just a second. Keely, you, hey, Kyle, would you come up here with your mom just a second? Ryan, did Keely give you that? Oh, okay, you got, okay. Just. Keely said that um, Kai asked Jesus to come into his heart quite a while ago. But he was a little, little, worried about the water but this morning he, he said I, I want to I want to be baptized I want to follow Jesus so Kai you've asked Jesus to come into your heart yeah so we're going we're gonna to do that whenever we can figure out when everybody can be here right yeah love you buddy proud of you thanks Keith <laughs> Let's stay away from there. That's how he looks playing basketball, too. But... Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm just kidding. Um, before we move on to our announcements, I want to also pass along uh, last Sunday, actually, and some of these guys are in here. 
Um, but Brian and Nikki and Mason Farr and Clayton and Sydney Farr want to come and join our church. If you guys would welcome them uh, to our church family. Afterwards, you can, you can greet them and, and welcome them as well. Uh, before we ask our ushers to come forward, we've got a couple announcements. I'm going to ask Isaiah and then Stephen to come on up. Uh, they're going to share a couple things.